0: When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need, in-store or online, at farmandfleet.com. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This
1: is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. And one of the best people to listen to that we talk to about topics like that is John Heinberg. He's a market advisor with Total Farm Marketing and is here with me again this morning. And John, you know, let's talk a little bit first about things, I guess, for 2021 kind of seem to wrap out pretty strong. And is that going to continue into 2022 here?
0: Well, we had a good good start to the day there yesterday in terms of the markets kind of kicking in again and the grain side of the equation, especially really keeping some pretty good focus on what's going on in South America. And then also, you know, you hear the old expression, follow the money. And, you know, we're watching the money flow move into that soybean market. Now, we did kind of wrap up the year last week uh, or last year. We had some some turns on these charts. So we're a little cautious, at least where things could go in this window. Saw some topping action here early last week or the middle of the week last week, a little bit of follow-through into the end of the year, so now we're back maybe rechallenging some of those levels, we'll, so we'll have to kind of watch. I think the market's going to stay extremely choppy. We're looking at that USDA report coming up on January 12th. That's going to be that last crop production summary, plus the first window where the USDA maybe can make some demand changes, which could add to the supply side of the equation and add to the pile that's out there. So I think the, you know, the market's going to have some choppiness in it because nobody really wants to set a good position in until we kind of get those numbers, and because that 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 will set our base basically all the way through until March.
1: Now, that report that's coming up pretty soon here, I mean, is that one going to be kind of a big shaker mover at this time of year? Or is that one, you know, not quite as big of a deal, I guess, as the ones that we've seen previous
0: no, very much so. It, it should be a pretty big market mover. Like I said, again, it's going to be that last crop production numbers that we'll get in terms of yield and total production. And that'll be the numbers that we'll basically have in terms of the 2021 crop all the way through till next September when they can make any additional changes when they do the quarterly grain stocks in September. You know, plus also, like I said, the demand side of the equation, especially on soybeans, has been a little bit questionable here. We got export shipment numbers yesterday. Those were, uh, you know, below expectations. We've seen the sales numbers kind of drop off, even though we've got some issues in South America. And it's enough to bring some merit into the market right now, at least in terms of some weather premium. You know, we still need to see those bushels get moving. So this could be a window where the USDA could go ahead and make some adjustments on the soybean side in terms of demand, and possibly take a little bit more off the export pile, which could add to that carryover. Uh, So. You know, it's going to be a bit of a caution window. Now we got to see also too how things are going to you know start shaking out down there. They're getting to their key window. If you kind of balance it out in terms of crop fill, it's now you know January into February, which would be equivalent to our July and August during our crop season here uh, for those South American soybeans. So that's still something you know we got on our radar. Uh, plus also just too seeing the grain stocks total, where are we going to be in total bushels? That's also coming out here in January. So a lot of big numbers will be in front of this market here in the next few weeks.
1: Sure. Now, you know, another thing, I guess, that we've we've seen a lot of green, I guess, lately on the crop markets and looking at commodities. Another thing we've seen a lot of green on lately is our dairy markets. And, you know, every day I kind of think about, well, one of these days we're going to, you know, be a little lower, it's going to fall down, but it just continues to seem to keep climbing.
0: Yeah, very good strength there in that market, breaking the twenty-one dollar barrier yesterday in February milk, and got solid numbers throughout. I know I've always been just cautious, basically because that same reason for for producers, just because the milk market is very illiquid, doesn't have a lot of players in it, and it seems like when things start to take some profits, things fall apart very very quickly. You know, but you're looking at this chart, you're basically since the first of December, we've added almost two and a half dollars now to that milk market, going from eighteen fifty to twenty one in February. So there's some really good value out there, but it's driven by demand. We got block prices for cheese at $1.98. You got good movement in butter. You got good movement on the export front as dairy products are seeing good demand globally. And that's building some support in here. Add into that the higher costs of grains and inputs, maybe tightening up the cattle supply a little bit and the production. So again, there's still a lot of great opportunity as you're pushing nearly $20 for most of next year for producers to start making sure we build that floor. The key is going to be flexibility for the dairy producer you want to protect prices but again at the same time we've seen things move aggressively to the upside so you want to keep that up upside flexibility in front of yourself
1: now do you see i mean obviously it's no one has a a 100 percent gauge on where things are going but is this strength hopefully going to continue for quite a long time or you know when is it gonna when will the rising keeps stop i guess or, or slow down
0: you know, historically, when we get into the 20s, we're starting to push some good time, you know, good value in that window. So, again, the, the demand will be a key component to all this in terms of how things kind of continue to shake out. That's still going to be an area that we need to watch. I think we're going to see a pretty strong milk market throughout 2022, unless all of a sudden we see a jump in the cattle numbers or things on those lines. And that's going to be, again, led by those higher input costs, those, t- those f- higher feed expenses, you know, just making things a little bit more difficult to, you know, to keep to push those profit margins up but again producers just need to stay on top of things when you got good numbers in front of you regardless what we're talking here whether it's grains whether it's cattle whether it's hogs or milk you know you got to just somehow keep a floor underneath those good values
1: now we talked a little bit about the grain markets a little bit about the dairy markets now let's talk a little bit about livestock markets that's been a little bit uh i guess more fluctuation and a little bit different story there sometimes
0: Well, with the choppiness that we see in that market, you still go look at the cattle market basically since September. We've been on a nice steady up climb and you know right now we're kind of maybe at the top of the range and maybe a little do for a little pullback here you know but we're still looking just like I said in other groups we're pushing even out into next year one you know 140 levels in October, 145 yesterday in April at the highs you know those are solid numbers out there. I still like the cattle market going forward again it's a demand story. We're seeing decent beef export as well as domestically, prices are still staying high in those retail beef. And you know, maybe this market's got a little bit more into it. But again, historically, when you start seeing numbers we haven't seen in a handful of years, it's time you start building that floor. Again, it's all about flexibility and keeping that top side available to you. But at the same time, you don't want to wake up. You know, Yesterday, we just did have a, case, a, set, a series of almost 1 million cases of the Omicron virus You know, coming through very quickly. How does that affect some of the longer term demand? you know, those are headlines that are concerning. Markets don't seem to be too concerned about it right at this moment, as we see, again, good strength across most of the markets on the overnight session. But again, those things are out there because we just don't know sometimes what a headline might do and what can it do to prices.
1: Now, for a while, too, we were seeing kind of, I guess, the hog markets were going the opposite direction of the cattle markets. Are we still seeing that kind of same thing or had those kind of turned around?
0: Well, latest quarterly Hogs and Pigs report did tighten up those hog supplies out into the summer. I really like where the summer contracts are and the, the trend that they are on. Again, they're working themselves higher. Looks like we might be out heading to the $100 mark out there in terms of price on those summer hogs. It's probably an area I'll start getting some defense build. Again, historically good numbers. Front end, a little bit more concerning. you got the cash market still struggling. we got a pretty big premium of the futures to the cash market. That's just going to keep some pressure on those front month hogs unless something really turns around in that cash market here in the short term. Uh, but again, still another one of those cases like the like the cattle, like the
1: longer term view, just because of the tight supplies and the prospects of good demand. Definitely. All right. Well, that's a lot of great information here from John Heinberg. He's market advisor with Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. If you want to get a hold of him or find out more, you can visit totalfarmmarketing.com or reach him at 800-334-9779. Again, that's John Heinberg of Total Farm Marketing, market advisor over there. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman.